Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And we are so excited to be with you once again. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City, still in Okaboji. Because we recorded two episodes in a row, yeah, that's right, in a row, rather. Uh Uh, The Eye of Great Lakes, if you haven't been, you need to get up here and check it out. It's a spot to be in a beautiful beautiful fall colors right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Wonderful. It's been good. Great day. Yeah. Good to be back at the lakes. Good day to be alive. (laughs) Sometimes my stepdad sings these, like, silly little songs when he's working in the house, like, Mm -hmm. turning in, like, sales receipts and stuff. He's a salesman for a vet pharmaceutical. So he sings little songs to himself, and sometimes if I'm home, like, on a day off, one of his favorite ones is a great day in America, be alive, home of the proud, land of the free in America. He just sings to himself. So <laughs> shout out to you, Barry, because that's a great song. Congratulations. Thank you. Good impersonation. <laughs> Thanks. Great. Shout out to Barry. Well done. Keep singing. That's right. What's been going on these days? Oh, well, you know, chaplaincy at a high school is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, at a K-12 is especially fun. You bet. Um, we just had one of our new second annual Jay Walkathon. The second uh, annual Jay Walkathon. Jay Walkathon. Never heard of it. Oh, Do well. tell. Oh, sure. Well, if you haven't heard of a Jay Walkathon, here's what it is. So a walkathon, obviously, is like a playoff of a marathon where you're just like walking and, you know. Really? Is that how it works? That's how it goes. But notice, oh. notice, not only is it walkathon, kind of playoff of marathon, it's actually Jay Walk, right? That's a, It's a twofold. So huh, Isn't that great? Isn't that incredibly wow. creative? Yeah. Amy Jungers, who put that together, our wow. director of development office. So because of COVID, both of our former um, fundraisers, they couldn't really work last year. So this was the idea is that every student is sent home with an envelope with just lines in the front to collect donations, but then also to collect prayer uh, intentions. Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful. It's almost like celebrating a mass for somebody. There's a little donation that's given, a little sacrifice that's offered so that those can pray for these intentions. Okay. On the day of the event, then, all those intentions are written on little slips of paper. Um, I was the kind of MC of the of the event throughout the day. Each class would come down to the track behind the school and tape the intentions on you. No, oh, no, no, no. That I'm was, sorry, that I would got be ahead. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, I got ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that actually happens <laughs> later. No, 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 not at all. We have an acrylic cross for su- such a thing. Okay, I don't know where it came from, but we have a large acrylic, a hollow acrylic cross. Okay, it was a nice alliteration. Um, and. You would take one lap in silence in prayer. I would kind of kick it off in prayer each half-hour session throughout the day. They would pray for that intention around the track. Mm. Meanwhile, all of these, uh, there were the little uh, rocks that were painted with intentions of the students surrounding the tracks. Uh, community members came. They would pray for that intention, the first lap of silence, and then the last laps were all like a big party to celebrate the fundraiser that they'd, that they'd raised. Wow. So it was fueled by faith, paced by prayer as the tagline noted. Wow. However, great day, wonderful day. Um, last year, I purchased like a 90s nylon track suit to wear during it, and I decided... Some yellow it was, neon it was thing actually, it was teal. Actually, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> royal blue. Okay. Um, however, it was a little warm this year, so I didn't wear that, but also, you don't get to put me in a box. You know, everybody's like, oh, where's the track suit? I'm like, I'm not the track suit priest. 
I'm not the moped priest either. Don't put me in a box, you know? <laughs> I might have a tracksuit. I think we're, are, are we talking about a core wound here going back to, yeah, yeah, back to the moped days? Yeah, back to the moped. All right, Father, um, let's so process this together. The, what we did, um, but I did pull out pull out the longboard, rode around the track, which was a lot of fun. Okay. It's happened to, yeah, that was good. Motorized? Time. Oh, no. Oh, just kicking real deal. Oh, real deal okay. longboard, yeah. Um, however, the last hour of the walkathon event, the Jay walkathon, downpour rain. So Ooh. we had to move it inside. In, the rainathon, the rainathon, the okay. jaywalk could have become so, a dancethon inside. Yeah, great, great job to the development office at Galen Catholic for a wonderful um, jaywalkathon event. Bravo! Yeah, well done, everybody. Well done, and for all those prayer intentions that were lifted up as yeah. they were praying, as they were walking. That's right. As they were getting poured on, it was wonderful. Yeah, all of offering it. little sacrifices. Some beautiful imagery of the Holy Spirit coming to anoint the end of the walkathon. Mm. Amen. Amen. You know, and as that rain, you're here for the segue. I'm always liking these segues. Try it. As that rain was coming down and pouring off the track, it was, you know, nourishing the, the ground. However, un, in an untimely season, because it's in fact harvest time, we don't really need the rain now. We needed it earlier. Yeah. But still grateful for the moisture, as they say. We're, we're rebuilding the water soil table for next That's year. That's right. You're yes. just always grateful for the moisture, as I've learned That's in right. rural Iowa. However, it is, we are in the midst of harvest season. We are. Um, Tis the season of harvesting. Absolutely. Beans are coming out. Corn's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Harvest time, which is great. And it's, it's just reminded me, I think because last year with COVID, I didn't get to talk to my parishioners very often with just different protocols and stuff. I've been able to talk to a lot more families and realize, yeah, this is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that like even from different cultures of pagan cultures, there would be harvest celebrations. Yeah. That the Jews had harvest feasts because it's a big deal to plant seeds of the ground, and then wait for a long time and mm-hmm. hope that they bear fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and people stake their livelihood on this. Oh, um, yeah. Lives are completely surrounded around this rhythm yeah. of agriculture. And as I think we mentioned, oh, it was a few months ago, kind of August in Iowa is when fully tasseled corn is just beautiful and the mm-hmm. kind of the waves of, of, of plants are just rolling hills. It's beautiful. Sure. But now you start to reap the, reap the benefits of of the hard work, mm-hmm. the harvest. Um, and it's it's been great because I've seen the faithfulness of especially older generations where there really is this trust in God that while there is like technology that goes into it and there's the you know the hard work of of planting and having this good hybrid corn that, you know, like is going to withstand droughts, withstand <laughs> droughts and, and withstand pestilence and all this different stuff. Sure. Um, it really is God who brings about the growth. St. Paul uses that as like a, as an analogy for the gospel, but sure. It's an analogy because it's true in real life. Mm-hmm. Put a seed in the ground. You wait, mm-hmm. bears fruit. Apollo's waters it. However, here's the challenge. Here's the outcast piece here. Oh, do tell is what that, do you got. Yeah. I'm just realizing more and more. I'm not specifically calling anybody out, but while we do have some semblance of a Christian kind of culture and a Catholic culture, Christian uh, Christendom is very clearly not around any longer. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of people, all sorts of, you know, quote unquote, faithful Catholics who will just like kind of skip mass for maybe three weeks during harvest mm-hmm. because they'll just kind of, they'll go right through. And if it's sunny, they're in the on, zone. And if they're in the zone, if it's sunny on a, on a Sunday and if it's not raining, well then we gotta, we gotta harvest some crops. Mm-hmm. You know? There's a, a, a really holy, wise, older parishioner of mine who made a comment one day talking about the success he'd had in farming and his, his own agriculture business throughout his life. And he said, father, I, I didn't have any issue in the, in the farm crisis of the eighties. I never lost my land. I never went bankrupt. I never had to take out a loan. 
but I've always been faithful to the Lord. I've never worked on a Sunday. I've never skipped mass to harvest. He's like, and the Lord has been so faithful to me. Mm. And now he's writing big checks to the school all the time because he's able to kind of give the, um, continue to reap the benefits of that, of that goodness that has come from, from the, from the earth, Mm -hmm. from from the bounty of his, uh, of the harvest. But I think people have lost that. We lose that connection. We forget that it's God who brings about the growth of, of creation at all. Um, and that while there's a lot of hard work that's put into farming, a lot of hard work that's put into establishing kind of a, um, a agricultural business or all the land that you own and things like that. There's a, there's a lot of hard work that goes into harvesting. It's God who brings us about. And the third commandment, keeping holy the Sabbath, keeping holy this day of rest is all about giving God what is his due mm-hmm. and giving him praise, honor, glory for all the goodness that he's given us, which we just see is so clear through the abundance of an agricultural harvest. Thousands and thousands of acres of, of fresh crops, right? right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, the disconnect of that, right? The splendor of the fields of gold, literally and figuratively, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden fields of crops all across the Midwest during this harvest season that are just, you know, helping families just cash in, feed the needy, feed the hungry of the world, but just helping these families, you know, with their own livelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if that doesn't bring you to your knees, in, in seeing the, the grandeur and the splendor of what the Creator does every year in this ongoing cycle of life. Uh, but just, especially as there was a drought over so much of the United States, for any farmer to have any, you know, uh, sense of a crop at all, any, any harvest whatsoever, if that doesn't, you know, humble you and bring you to your knees, well, what else will, especially in this, you know, Midwest culture? Yeah. You know, I was just talking to this faith and science discussion group um, that we have before school with one of the science teachers about, uh, we were actually talking about the Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. looking at faith and science. So I was talking about a little bit of the metaphysics of kind of contingency of being. I think it's just so important that while we can point to the kind of science of why these crops are growing and the the connection that God is making that happen might seem kind of far away from that. It's like, no, I know why it's happening. Photosynthesis <laughs> is taking place. The the moisture in the ground and all all this is happening because of the nutrients in the soil and that that's why this crop grows. What are you telling me? God is making this grow, but I think it's to remember that all being it, it didn't produce itself mm-hmm. and God's holding all things in 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 existence. Mm-hmm. Everything that is is sharing existence from God, um, just like we are. And so as we look at the like the fields, especially here in the Midwest around us, that just reminds us that as these crops are kind of brought into existence because of God's having held them in existence and the design of it all that the soil can contain this nutrients that can bring about food, Mm -hmm. right? And, and then food can bring about the kind of, um, the wealth of, of so many that Mm -hmm. can sustain their family and their lifestyles. Um, that's how God is holding each of us in existence. Mm -hmm. Um, and what can feel like a disconnect that we forget about God because we're so focused on our work, that might be the same place that could bring us back in a deeper connection with him. Um, so just an appeal to farmers, they, they have like this privileged place of seeing God's creation year after year after year take place, seeing God's design that he put into creation mm-hmm. season after season after season come about. That ought to be the means of kind of deeper conversion instead of the distraction from God. Right. 
As I have admitted on this podcast before in previous episodes, I am not a farmer. It turns out that grain bins do yeah, not here, roll down the road. Here we go. Hey, don't put me in a box. Don't put me in a box. City sleeping as the farm. But then here I am, who also grew up in a town of 65 people, surrounded by cornfields, and still don't know that much about farming myself. Yeah. Uh, I am not a farmer. However, I have to believe with, you know, modern equipment that is, you know, literally operating by GPS tracking. Right. That the modern equipment that we have today has greatly increased the speed at which harvest, you know, is happening. And in fact, there are elderly people here in Iowa who have told me, you know, Father, sometimes it was a rush back in the day, like growing up without, you know, all the modern equipment or when the the previous generations of farm equipment was constantly breaking down right. and needing fixing. Uh, you know, there are elderly who have told me sometimes the harvest really did last all the way up to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So when you see these Thanksgiving decorations of a cornucopia of a bunch of stuff, a bunch of, you know, harvest goods, yep. that literally was quite symbolic. Like, mm-hmm. you know, finally we've just finally finished the harvest and we can sit down and, and rejoice and celebrate. Um, and sometimes, you know, there would be some farmers who are starting to take beans out even in late September. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, if you don't have, you know, lots and lots of children helping you on the farm, I, I realize that it's still very labor intensive. Right. Uh, particularly if you're doing this alone and you're running the combine and you're dumping it into the grain truck and you got to run it down the elevator and repeat, repeat, mm-hmm. repeat. However, <laughs> you know, city slicker, as I freely admit, <laughs> I really do have to believe that we can still get the harvest in and not work on Sundays. Yeah. You know, and I, I do, I, I do know that there are so, times. So says the farmer from a different generation where it was harder. Right. And, and he's, he's doing okay. Right. And it turns out it works, you know. Right. And we do know here in the Midwest, especially in this diocese, there were times where during planting and harvest season, season especially if there was long stretches of terrible weather, a priest would get up to his local community from the pulpit and he would grant permission to the farmers to work on that Sunday uh, under extreme circumstances, right? Um, but, you know, those extreme circumstances don't seem to happen very often. And even if we get a, a few stretches of rain that might saturate a field and might make it difficult to get heavy equipment through the mud, uh, you know, we always seem to be able to still have a, a harvest by mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I know that, I, I have felt this, and maybe myself too, it almost feels like a joke, like people who still don't work on Sunday, mm-hmm. like that's just kind of like a cute like novelty. Right. Sioux County has a lot of Dutch reform, and some of them are very, very staunch believers that that third commandment really does mean don't do anything on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But people kind of like poke fun at it, like, oh, well, can't go do anything in Orange City because, you know, the, the Dutch aren't working on Sunday. I'm like, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really honorable thing mm-hmm. um but even even if you have to work on sunday 45 minutes of mass or one hour one hour i mean one hour like that's that's the that's the invitation the obligation to go to sunday mass right um to give thanks to god for what's for what has come mm-hmm. yes you can pray in the cab of a tractor yes you can pray in a combine yes you can pray in the fields yes you can pray in the woods but like the specific experience of liturgical prayer together with a community in the presence of Jesus in the in the Eucharist offering back to God what he has given us his son for the salvation of the world that is just as important as that extra hour of harvest time you could get absolutely 
And as you were indicating earlier, it, we're, we're not asking our believe or our listeners to just simply fulfill a commandment. Mm-hmm. You know, there is so much of a, of a deeper invitation going on here of, of connecting the creation that surrounds us um, to the lived experience of our rhythms of life here in an agricultural world, connecting that to the, to the praise and uh, worship that is rightly due to God, all seeing the abundance that is just pouring forth into our grain bins every single fall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes people talk often that they don't think church preaching the mass is relevant. And I can understand that. I can, I can definitely understand that, especially when maybe if a parish has become more of like a social club and there's just other places you get better experiences of, of social life, then yeah, it would make sense that it's not very relevant for you. But I would just challenge those who, who live in an agricultural environment most of us in the Midwest who might even be farmers themselves or, or live on an acreage in the farm. That's so relevant, right? Because we see life bursting and teeming all around us all of the time. Um, and to recognize and to maybe allow that to affect us as we, as we mentioned, I think on a previous podcast, as you just drive around the Midwest, you can be, if you're open to it, be so moved on those drives by the beauty of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, but even living in the, the rhythm of agriculture, the rhythm of planting, kind of waiting for the growth to come about in hoping, praying for that growth to come about, praying for good weather, seeing that growth come about and then reaping the harvest. That is so relevant to what God is doing in us all the time. God's not only bringing about that creation, but that's what he wants to do in our hearts. As we mentioned before, that's why we're, we're wearing green vestments at mass most of the time mm-hmm. because it's reminding us of this growth that needs to happen. Right. Um, so this, Harvest time can be such a beautiful reflection and invitation into a deeper understanding of what God's doing, not only in the soil, but in the in the fertile soil of our hearts too. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful words for a beautiful season. Father, it's always good to be with you. Absolutely. Um, hopefully the harvest is good. Yeah, prayers for all of our farmers and those who work in the agricultural industries. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.